What's up? What's up? Nick Loper here. Welcome to the Side Hustle Show because you're the CEO of your own life. What follows today is a special bonus episode featuring some sample segments from the newly released 1K 100 Ways audiobook. You can learn more at 1K100Ways.com where it is available in Kindle, in paperback, and now in the new freshly minted audiobook edition. This project showcases 100 members of the Side Hustle Nation community, including some familiar faces from the podcast on how they came up with their ideas, how they made their first sales, first revenue in their business, the other marketing strategies that have worked, and what they do differently if they had to start over. It was a ton of fun to compile, and I'm confident you'll find some inspiration inside. Again, that's at 1k100ways.com. If you want to check out the full audiobook, you can do that for free when you sign up for a 30-day trial of Audible. My special referral link for that is sidehustlenation.com slash 1k audiobook. Ready? Let's do it. Introduction. Whoa, look at this. My coworker called me over. The lunch rush at the Mongolian Grill was dying down and he made an exciting discovery. Is it real? He asked. From the tip jar, he pulled out a shiny new crisp $1,000 bill. For a moment, my hopes were as high as his. Even split among the other kitchen staff, that would be a serious tip. At 18, I'd never heard of a $1,000 bill before, but that didn't mean it couldn't be a thing. Let me see it. I examined that bill like a detective, handling it gently. I checked both sides, I held it up to the light, and that's when I saw it. George W. Bush's goofy smile, and I knew it was a fake. Disappointed, we got back to work, but the thought of the extra $1,000 lingered. The power of $1,000. According to a recent study, 69% of Americans have less than $1,000 in a savings account. Worse, 45% reported having $0 in a savings account. I don't have to tell you. If you're in that position, you know it's a fragile way to live. Your one unexpected expense, one missed paycheck, one surprise layoff away from taking on more debt. This book is about creating some financial margin in your life. What do I mean by margin? Margin is the gap between your income and your expenses. If you're living paycheck to paycheck or spending nearly everything you make, you don't have any margin. Think of it like financial breathing room. Life becomes a lot less stressful and a lot more fun when you have some breathing room in your budget. But the truth is, most people don't. Nearly four out of five families live paycheck to paycheck, and it doesn't have to be that way. Real people are making real money on the side on their own terms. This book shares their stories. What would an extra $1,000 or more a month mean to you? For many side hustlers, it's more than just financial breathing room. Maybe it's a way to learn new skills or jumpstart a new career. Maybe it's a way out of the rat race to accelerate your savings or maybe even retire early. After all, investing just $1,000 a month can build a million-dollar nest egg and cut years off your working career if you want it to. But whatever the income means to you, earning money outside of a traditional job is empowering. It's exercising a little more control over your own financial future instead of just accepting that's how it's always been and how it always has to be. You can do this, and I've got 100 side hustlers in this book rooting for you as well. What's inside? Since 2013, I've been interviewing entrepreneurs and building a community called Side Hustle Nation. One thing that's amazed me over that time is the breadth of business opportunities that are out there and the creative ways that our colleagues and neighbors are making extra money. From that community and roster of Side Hustle Show podcast guests, I've sourced 100 examples of people earning $1,000 or more outside of a day job. I guarantee you'll find something here that will work for you. 
take ideas and inspiration from these stories and see how you can put your own unique spin and expertise on them. Consider this a side hustle buffet, a sampler platter, if you will, rather than a deep dive into any particular model. Still, as you go through, look for the similarities and patterns in the stories. How do these entrepreneurs find their ideas and their inspiration? How did they get their initial traction? As you'll find, making extra money is often simple, but not necessarily easy. Everyone in this book worked hard for what they've achieved because it was worth it. How this book is structured. I've done my best to group similar side hustles into a few broad categories. Those are local services, freelancing, online business, and e-commerce and physical products. Each profile follows a similar structure. I asked each participant to answer the same questions to make it easy to compare business models and marketing strategies. And how this will work in audiobook format is I'm going to be reading off both the questions and answering for our featured entrepreneurs. It might sound a little bit like I'm interviewing myself, but the stories and answers are all coming from members of the Side Hustle Nation community. Ready? Let's do it. Pressure washing. Scott Anderson. What's the elevator pitch for your business? I wash houses, driveways, decks, and patios. How did you come up with that idea? I always enjoyed pressure washing, and I learned that people can make good money doing it as a business from YouTube. Nothing about it was original. I mostly copied what other people in the business were doing. What motivated you to get started? I'd been laid off from my W-2 job and decided I wanted to be self-employed. Books like The 4-Hour Workweek and Rich Dad, Poor Dad were part of my motivation for wanting to start a business. I was interested in creating a business where I could hire out most of the work and earn passive income. How much did it cost to get started? $300 for a used pressure washer, some hoses, and other little accessories. Tell us about your first sales or first revenue for this business. How did you gain initial traction? I made a real simple Facebook page and shared it with my friends. A few days later, people I didn't even know started reaching out about getting their house washed. I charged around $200 for that first job. It took way longer than it should have, but it was validation that people would pay for the service and I've since gotten much faster at the work. What are the best ways you've found to market your business? The two best things I've found are Facebook ads and yard signs. For Facebook, I set up a campaign to target people over 40 years old that are also in the top 25% income bracket. The ad itself is very basic. Text that said, we wash homes, and a before and after picture of some house sighting. Facebook lets you connect your ad directly to your Messenger account, so my call to action was ask for a quote which started a messenger conversation where I could answer any questions that the customer had. We started with an ad budget of $2 a day and ended up getting booked out two to three weeks in advance. The other marketing tactic that's been pretty successful is yard signs. After we wash someone's house, we just put a little yard sign that says, we wash houses with the phone number in really big font. Roughly how long did it take to reach $1,000 in profit? Two months. In a typical month, how much does this business earn today? It's seasonal, but $4,000 a month in revenue during the summer is pretty typical. That's about $2,000 in profit after I pay labor and expenses. What mistakes or failures have you had along the way? If you had to start over, what would you do differently? One thing I started doing to save time on estimates was just to go on Google Street View to get an idea for the size and complexity of the house, rather than driving all around town to everyone who wanted a quote. What's next for you? What are you excited about these days? Since starting the pressure washing business, I've expanded into other side hustles. I have a holiday lighting company, and I'm getting into real estate, flipping houses, owning rentals, and even operating a self-storage facility. I'm excited about building assets so I no longer need to work. 
The goal is to be able to retire by 30. What's the best piece of advice you've received along the way? Be intentional about your goals. Write them down and break them down into the actionable things you can do each day to get closer to achieving them. You can learn more about Scott and his business at SpoonRiverPressureWashing.com. Did you know that roughly half of Side Hustle Nation hasn't started their side hustle yet? If that's you, I get it. Starting and building a business is tough. It takes more than just an idea. There are tons of moving parts, and it's a bit like trying to assemble your airplane in the middle of takeoff. Thankfully, our sponsor, Taylor Brands, is helping Side Hustle Show listeners make that leap and make it all a lot easier. Their comprehensive platform guides you through every step, making sure you have everything you need all in one place. Think of it like your behind-the-scenes partner for things like LLC formation, licenses and permits, getting an EIN, setting up your business bank account, bookkeeping and invoicing, insurance, logos, trademark protection, and a lot more. Taylor Brands helps you handle it all seamlessly. And to get you started, Side Hustle Show listeners get 35% off Taylor Brands LLC formation plans when you use our link. That's taylorbrands.com slash side hustle. Taylor Brands, like a tailor for your clothes. T-A-I-L-O-R-B-R-A-N-D-S dot com slash side hustle. Start your business journey today with the help of Taylor Brands. When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search and hit the ground running with your new hire. But what if you could get rid of the search part and just get matched with qualified candidates? Well, now you can with our sponsor, Indeed. It's simple. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. The matching and hiring platform is trusted by over 3.5 million businesses worldwide to connect with great talent faster, and 93% of employers agree that Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites. For my next hire, I'm using Indeed to tap into a talent pool of 350 million unique monthly visitors, and what else is cool is Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use it, the better it gets. And how about this? Side Hustle Show listeners get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash Side Hustle Show. Just go to Indeed.com slash Side Hustle Show right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash Side Hustle Show. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Mobile Notary Loan Signing Agent. Kristen Stouffer. What's the elevator pitch for your business? A notary signing agent is the person who walks you through your real estate transaction paperwork at closing, whether that's a purchase, refinance, or sale. How did you come up with that idea? I heard about this idea on the Side Hustle Show podcast. I had no idea that the opportunity existed until I heard that episode, episode 286 with Mark Wills and Brian Schooley. What motivated you to get started? We moved our kids to a school 20 minutes away, and I was ready to do something to contribute to our family's finances while still being flexible. So I found the Side Hustle Show and started listening on our drives to and from school. My husband listened to one episode about loan signing and said I should do it. So I did. The income opportunity coupled with the flexibility made it something that was worth my time to pursue. How much did it cost to get started? About $1,200 for certification, training, insurance, and equipment. Tell us about your first sales or first revenue for this business. How did you gain initial traction? I signed up for notary platforms where signing services and title companies find notaries. That's where I got my first signing appointments. Those first several signings were scary, but taking that step 
and doing it builds confidence. What are the best ways you found to market your business? Building relationships is key. Roughly how long did it take to reach $1,000 in profit? Four months. In a typical month, how much does this business earn today? About $8,000. What mistakes or failures have you had along the way? If you had to start over, what would you do differently? During my first many signings, I made mistakes because I wanted to do the signing fast and make the most I could per hour. If I just slowed down, I would have made fewer mistakes. I also didn't build relationships the way I could have in the beginning. I was afraid that I would have to say no too often and my relationships would be harmed. I realized now that relationships can always be made stronger no matter what. What's next for you? What are you excited about these days? My side hustle is starting a side hustle. I love sharing this business with others and several friends have started, which means they're calling me, asking me all sorts of questions. So I started signingmentor.com, which is the bridge between the loan signing system course and your first signing appointment. What's the best piece of advice you've received along the way? In the loan signing system course, Mark, the creator, talks over and over about building your business on integrity. I really appreciate that. It's true for any business that when you have integrity, you can be trusted. And when you're trusted, relationships are built and your business thrives. Like Kristen mentioned, you can find her over at signingmentor.com. Content writing, Nick Nolan. What's the elevator pitch for your business? I'm a writer and I help people connect with customers online. How did you come up with that idea? I started my own personal blog in 2017. It wasn't very successful because I wasn't a great writer and didn't know what SEO stood for. I kept listening to podcasts and hearing about bloggers making big money. It took me a while to learn the principles that make a blog successful, and I found out I needed to rewrite most of my blog posts if I wanted anyone to read them. As I was reconstructing my own blog posts, I was itching to write about different topics, so I made a Fiverr account and offered to write for other people. I finally had a good foundational knowledge of blog writing and SEO. I just needed to find customers. What motivated you to get started? I was driving for Uber and selling on eBay and Amazon. When Uber was shut down due to COVID restrictions, I needed to find a way to make an extra $500 per month. How much did it cost to get started? Less than $50 for a local business license and a premium Upwork account. Tell us about your first sales or first revenue for this business. How did you gain initial traction? I posted in the Side Hustle Nation Facebook group and offered to write content for free. I wanted to get in some reps and saw an opportunity to get a few testimonials. I also knew that a lot of people had websites and I had plenty of free time. Seven or eight people reached out and I worked with five people who were all generous enough to pay me. What are the best ways you found to market your business? Social media has been a great source of clients. I've connected with people in Facebook groups, on Reddit, and LinkedIn. It works well when you offer value and are looking to help people. My best clients have all come from Reddit connections. I also started using Upwork and Fiverr when it became my full-time job. Roughly how long did it take to reach $1,000 in profit? Two weeks. In a typical month, how much does this business earn today? $4,000. What mistakes or failures have you had along the way? If you had to start over, what would you do differently? I had a lot of trouble getting organized. I didn't have a great way of keeping track of different clients, deadlines, or invoices. Not being organized and not having a set schedule caused me to waste a lot of time. I started using Trello to track my weekly to-do list. I was able to go from writing a few thousand words per week to a few thousand words every day. What's next for you? What are you excited about these days? 
I'm going to continue building my business writing for others. Eventually, I want to start my own affiliate sales blogs. What's the best piece of advice you've received along the way? Just start. I dipped my toes in a lot of different side hustles, but never really jumped into the deep end. Knowing that I didn't have a backup plan or safety net was a great motivator for me. You can learn more about Nick and his business over at nolanmarket.com, N-O-L-A-N. Marketing agency, Ashley Mason. What's the elevator pitch for your business? Dash of Social is a marketing firm that helps small businesses to craft and execute value-driven marketing strategies through social media, SEO, blogging, and email marketing. How did you come up with that idea? I started a blog when I was 15 years old that grew organically through social media, which led me to teach myself more about marketing. I started dabbling in freelancing when I was 17 and realized I wanted to turn it into a business. What motivated you to get started? My mom was diagnosed with terminal brain cancer when I was 19, which made me realize that life is short and we don't have as much time as we think we do. The best time to start is now. How much did it cost to get started? About $500 between a very simple website and business cards. Tell us about your first sales or first revenue for this business. How did you gain initial traction? My first few clients involved virtual assistant work, which consisted of marketing, operations, and project management. I found these clients through Facebook groups. What are the best ways you found to market your business? Facebook groups have accounted for most of my clients. Utilizing them to build relationships is huge. Roughly how long did it take to reach $1,000 in profit? About three months. In a typical month, how much does this business earn today? $20,000. What mistakes or failures have you had along the way? If you had to start over, what would you do differently? I wouldn't necessarily do anything differently, but a mistake was working with clients when I had a gut feeling that they wouldn't be a good fit. My gut feeling was always right. Your sanity and work-life balance are much more valuable than more clients and more money. What's next for you? What are you excited about these days? Starting a third business. I absolutely love being able to support business owners and bring them visibility. I can't say much about this yet, but I'm excited. What's the best piece of advice you've received along the way? In order to make more money, you have to spend money. That comes with delegation. I finally realized I couldn't do everything by myself. As soon as I hired a team, I instantly started bringing in more clients and making more money. You can learn more about Ashley and her business at dashofsocial.com. And she's also got a blog and podcast at studenttoceo.com. Project and management blog, Andrew McCarr. What's the elevator pitch for your business? I help project managers work smarter by sharing industry tips, tutorials, and templates. How did you come up with that idea? The project management blog started with publishing a blog post with another project management magazine. That led to doing freelance writing for other blogs and developing content for my own blog. Based on the topics, questions, and tutorials requested, I started creating digital products. What motivated you to get started? Sharing ideas with people and seeing their responses led to wanting to share and collaborate more. The financial end was the recognition of the value provided. How much did it cost to get started? Less than $100 for web hosting and a domain name. Tell us about your first sales or first revenue for this business. How did you gain initial traction? For the project management eBooks, the first sale came from posting a link to the sales page on another company's blog. I wrote an article about Microsoft project tips and linked to my tutorial product, and I saw 12 sales come in within that day. 
that experience helped me recognize that people will pay for information. And I went on to publish different tutorials in my own eBooks on amazon.com. What are the best ways you found to market your business? I leveraged content marketing and SEO to drive traffic. Roughly how long did it take to reach $1,000 in profit? Three months. In a typical month, how much does this business earn today? Between one and $2,000. What mistakes or failures have you had along the way? If you had to start over, what would you do differently? I would focus on one revenue stream and scale it before shifting to another revenue stream. What's next for you? What are you excited about these days? Creating more tutorials and video courses that help others in project management has me excited. What's the best piece of advice you've received along the way? People are often dismayed when they find a competitor offering a similar product or service. Competition is a sign of a healthy market, and it's a good way to find partners to grow your business. You can learn more about Andrew and his business at tacticalprojectmanagement.com. Language learning blog. Chris Broholm. What's the elevator pitch for your business? I help and support people learning foreign languages. How did you come up with that idea? I always liked languages and was told I had an ear for them. In 2014, I was lost and depressed, and it seemed like a good avenue to explore. What motivated you to get started? I wanted to journal my own progress learning foreign languages and feature the top language learners of the world and their ideas and techniques. My initial dream was to be a full-time language learner and travel the world. How much did it cost to get started? Less than $200 for a website, hosting, and a microphone for podcasting. Tell us about your first sales or first revenue for this business. How did you gain initial traction? I promoted affiliate offers for language courses and services from the beginning. At that time, I primarily did four things. Number one, SEO, writing blog posts and articles designed to answer search intent. A lot of my early content was centered around reviews because that is easy keyword research to do. As I grow my site, I'm also including more information and question-based articles. Number two, podcasting. I've been producing a podcast since 2014, so that brings a lot of referrals, links, and listeners to the site. Number three, attending conferences with my target audience multiple times per year, networking and sharing ideas with as many people as possible. Number four, social media. Back when it was possible to get organic reach, I would get some traffic from Twitter and Facebook. Later on, I expanded to include some basic YouTube videos, but that's something I need to improve for the future of the business before I start to see real results. What are the best ways you found to market your business? The money is in the list, for sure. I estimate 90% of my yearly revenue comes from my email list. As cliche as it sounds, I was never a big fan of pop-ups, so my conversion rate was relatively low, and my list grew really slowly. Here's when that changed. I implemented a site-wide, screen-filling pop-up that offered a collection of language learning tips for beginners, combined with some of my personal story. For a long time, this was converting over 1%, a huge increase from my old opt-in forms. The best converting traffic for me was always the organic results, so I wrote more blog posts and my signups increased as well. Recently, I've discovered that selling your own product through affiliates is a fantastic way to get leads as well. Every new sale you make from affiliates is a new lead added to your email list. Plus, it's a really hot lead, which is likely to buy from you again in the future. Roughly how long did it take to reach $1,000 in profit? 18 months. In a typical month, how much does this business earn today? Between three and $5,000. What mistakes or failures have you had along the way? If you had to start over, what would you do differently? My biggest mistakes were not having a consistent schedule and routine for producing content, not outsourcing earlier on, and not producing my own products earlier in the process. 
Since my business was having a ton of success from organic search, I should have hired writers on a per article basis years ago to add more content to the site when I wasn't able to stay consistent. I also think hiring some sort of assistant who knew WordPress to work for me a few hours a week would have saved me a ton of time, especially related to posting new content. As a podcaster, I also think an editor is more or less essential. Even if it's just someone to cut the ends off and join all the audio files together, it saves so much time and effort on behalf of the creator. Regarding my own products, the biggest reasons I didn't make my own products earlier were number one, having imposter syndrome. Who am I to make a Spanish course? I don't even speak Spanish. Number two, lack of focus and planning in the business to properly dedicate time to design and produce the courses. Number three, lack of cash flow to invest in teachers to produce material for me. And number four, being content as an affiliate, getting 50% of somebody else's course. What's next for you? What are you excited about these days? I recently pivoted into creating my own courses, starting with a specific language, but I'm excited to be producing and selling more of my own courses rather than just affiliate products. What's the best piece of advice you've received along the way? The money is in the list for sure. I was focused on building an email list from day one, and it's carried me over the years when I've been too lazy to do any meaningful content or product creation at times. You can learn more about Chris and his business at actualfluency.com or check out his personal site at chrisbroholm.com. It's K-R-I-S-B-R-O-H-O-L-M.com. If you travel a lot for work or for vacation, you might be familiar with that feeling you get knowing you're leaving your space unused for long periods of time and you're still paying for that privilege. But hosting on Airbnb means you don't have to leave your home sitting empty when you're away. Being an Airbnb host isn't just a way to earn some extra cash. It's a chance to share your space and make a guest's vacation all the more memorable. You might be thinking, eh, maybe my place isn't the right fit, but don't write it off just yet. Your potential Airbnb might be right in front of you. Whether it's a spare room or even your entire home, there's an opportunity waiting. Airbnb turns your home into a practical and even profitable venture. We just got back from a family trip to Hawaii where we stayed in a great Airbnb, but our place back home could have been a highlight to somebody else's travels, and we could have used the extra cash to help pay for the trip. So if you're curious about hosting on Airbnb, find out how much your space could be worth by visiting airbnb.com slash host. Once again, that's airbnb.com slash host. Online store for handcrafted products. Leslie Amaduri. What's the elevator pitch for your business? MJ and Me is an online boutique that carries gifts and decor inspired by nature and made by hand with lots of love in our own studio. How did you come up with that idea? I worked in litigation for over 20 years and was burned out. I knew I needed to do something after work that would bring me joy and be a creative outlet. I wanted to do something while I was sitting on the couch under a blanket in the evenings while watching my TV shows. So I picked up some loose wool roving and felting needles from a local knitting store and set up a TV table one night. The first thing I made successfully, after a few attempts and failed prototypes, was a little green gnome with a gray beard and mustache wearing a berry red hat. He was adorable, and I was so happy that I made this tiny thing. I posted some pictures on Facebook. Within 12 hours, four friends were telling me how much they adored my gnome, whom I named Jerome, and were asking me, could I please make them one, and how much would it cost? What motivated you to get started? My gnomes made people happy. The people who liked my hand-felted little creatures had their own ideas of how to use them creatively. Some wanted to take them to work, some wanted to place them near their houseplants, some wanted to use them in little fairy gardens that they'd created with their grandchildren. 
I was using my imagination and creativity to craft these felted gnomes, but my customers were using them in their own creative ways. Putting these gnomes out there triggered a fun circle of excitement and imagination, and I made so many new friends. I found that taking pictures of them to post was another fun creative experience, and that others loved to see how I posed them and what captions and stories I posted along with them. I ended up creating 12 gnomes for my initial collection. My imagination flowed creating each, and I ended up giving each a name. With my daughter's help, we created a little story for each. Whenever a gnome is purchased, it now comes with a bookmark that tells their name and its own little unique story. How much did it cost to get started? $20 for supplies. Tell us about your first sales or first revenue for this business. How did you gain initial traction? My first sales were to friends who saw pictures of my gnomes on Facebook. My business gained traction when I set up a page for my business, branched out to Instagram, and started really working on my branding and photography. Social media is a great way to put yourself out there, but it can be overwhelming too. Don't forget there are free courses online and lots of YouTube videos if you're unsure of how to promote yourself on social media. Another way of improving our social media game is to find others who are successfully doing similar work and seeing how they reach out to people on social media. Be careful to make everything your own. Don't use other people's photos, etc. But you can mimic the things you see others do until you figure out what works best for you. What are the best ways you found to market your business? Social media has been the best way, but you can't just post blindly. You have to really consider what reaches your target market. What do they want to see and hear? And what sorts of posts will they engage with and share? I've had a great time using social media to gain friends and supporters who follow my business. And because my posts aren't salesy, they're more likely to share them on their own accounts, which is the best kind of organic growth. Roughly how long did it take to reach $1,000 in profit? Four months. I launched my website in September and actually made quite a few sales by the holidays. The handcrafted business can be fickle, however, and sales fall pretty flat for a while after the holidays. In a typical month, how much does this business earn today? Between $600 and $1,000. What mistakes or failures have you had along the way? If you had to start over, what would you do differently? It's very easy to sign up for monthly subscriptions that you think you need to help you run your business, and then you barely end up using them. In my first year, I signed up for way too many monthly subscriptions, but learned pretty quickly which ones actually helped my business succeed. I wanted to go in too many directions at once. I launched a website, signed up for Amazon Handmade and Etsy, and found a few wholesale accounts before I really knew what I was doing. If I were to do it again, I would really limit myself. Pick one thing that works and focus only on that until I could handle another stream of income. Also, if you're a handcrafted business, focus on building your product line. Try to add four to six new products a month, but don't add them to your offerings until they're the best you can make. Make them look amazing, but also durable and easy to replicate. Also, take great photos. If you aren't a good photographer, get help. You won't get far without excellent product photos. What's next for you? What are you excited about these days? I'm excited to improve what I'm already doing, expand my product line, and grow. What's the best piece of advice you've received along the way? Find out what people are already buying, then put your own unique spin on it. You can learn more about Leslie and her business and her gnomes at craftedbymjandme.com. Furniture flipping. Angie Parsley. What's the elevator pitch for your business? I find outdated solid wood furniture and home decor items from Facebook Marketplace, yard sales and auctions, and paint them and flip them for a higher price. How did you come up with that idea? I saw a plethora of inexpensive furniture on Facebook Marketplace and knew that with just some small repairs and some paint, I could turn the pieces 
into something people would be proud to display in their home. What motivated you to get started? I got a lot of inspiration from Pinterest and Instagram. It gave me some great ideas on how to get started and how to do it correctly. How much did it cost to get started? $100 for inventory and supplies. Tell us about your first sales or first revenue for this business. How did you gain initial traction? The first dresser I picked up was $45. After about 10 hours of work, it was completed. I listed it on Facebook Marketplace for $350. A list of people wanted it immediately. Some people were four hours away. It was at that point that I knew this was going to take off for me. What are the best ways you found to market your business? Facebook and Instagram are huge, as is word of mouth. I'm known around our area as the furniture lady. Roughly how long did it take to reach $1,000 in profit? Two months. In a typical month, how much does this business earn today? Between $1,200 and $1,500. What mistakes or failures have you had along the way? If you had to start over, what would you do differently? I wish early on I wouldn't have picked up certain pieces that required so many repairs or picked up a piece just because it was cheap. Putting all that time into fixing an item before I could start painting really ate into the profits. I'm much pickier about the condition and style of a piece now. What's next for you? What are you excited about these days? I've just become a paint retailer. I'm hoping to grow my business through paint sales and doing classes to teach others my craft and advertise my paint. What's the best piece of advice you've received along the way? Done is better than perfect. That's something I've heard from fellow full-time painters. Don't waste your time looking for every little imperfection. Finish the piece and move on. You can learn more about Angie and her business at facebook.com slash parsley furniture market. Thank you so much for tuning in to this special bonus edition of the Side Hustle Show. If you want more examples like the stories you just heard, be sure to check out the full book at 1k100ways.com or grab the free audiobook edition with your free 30-day trial of Audible at sidehustlenation.com slash 1k audiobook. That's it for me. Until next time, let's go out there and make something happen, and I'll catch you in the next edition of The Side Hustle Show. Hustle on.